With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One man's trash is another man's treasure. The Atlanta Braves gave up maybe a wee bit early on Jose Bautista. He's been shined up awful nice as a New York Met. And Friday against a team that once employed him 10 summers ago, a walk-off salami. That is the best kind of salami. No, it's up there. It's, it's among the top several salamis, but now we're off on a really weird tangent. Here is a Daily Mets podcast for you. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Mets are doing. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Mets podcast. And here's your host, Josh Newman. Mets walk it off against Tampa Bay, a team they don't see that much of. 5-1 to one was a happy final. Remember, the Mets have been 2-15 in their last 17 home games, so a win of any kind was going to be very welcome. We'll get to the game in just a moment. Before the game, John Ricco, one of the triumvirate of the uh, three Mets general managers right now, met with the media. Some interesting things coming out of that. First of all, Yoena Cespedes is still not real close to coming back. And now uh, we're hearing it's his heel and not his hip and not his quad and not his hamstring. But the heel is the chronic injury that he's dealing with. And I think Mets fans are basically como se dice whatever at this point. But uh, without Cespedes, still without Bruce, the Mets having to keep going. Bruce seems a lot closer to returning, and that definitely is a hip thing, by the way. You know who else might be returning? Remember the name Henry Mejia? Yeah, the, the guy that did the stomp every time he got the save. We called it the Mejia Mazeltov on the air a couple of times. But the commissioner has decided that by early next year, it's possible that he could be a Met again, or some other team could pick him up, I suppose. But he's back in baseball after a supposed lifetime ban. It's a lifetime ban with an expiration date. But uh, having tested positive for a third time for PEDs, he supposedly got the Ziggy for forever. But the commissioner said, uh, under the terms of our collectively bargained joint drug program, that's not joints uh, with the drug. That's, I mean, the, the, the commiserating of the, the two sides. That's the joint drug program. A permanently suspended player like Mr. Mejia, oh, it's Mr. Nell, has the right to apply to me, says the commissioner, for discretionary reinstatement after serving a minimum of two years. So the commissioner reviewed the application, and the two guys got together. Mr. Mejia, I guess, was very contrite. And so the commissioner says, I have decided to grant Mr. Mejia a final chance to resume his professional career. How about that? Would the Mets be interested? Too early to tell, says everybody. But, uh... Now, Henry Mejia, the lifetime ban, is over. And maybe he'll figure in at some point. He can't come back this year, but he could come back next year. John Rico also was sharing some thoughts on trades. He said they're going to happen. I mean, that that seems to be a fait accompli. But the Mets are not really looking to move DeGrom, not really looking to move Syndergaard. 
He wouldn't identify name by name who they are looking to move, but he did say the Mets are not holding out for anybody in rookie ball or A ball. No green banana guys. They want close to ready-made, double-A AA or triple-A players, whatever it is they're going to trade away. So some interesting stuff there before the game. As for the game, the recap is brought to you by Burke Rehabilitation. Burke has helped patients achieve their maximum recovery from a life-changing illness, injury, or surgery for many years. Burke.org is where you go to get the info that you need. Tampa Bay in town doing that wacky opener thing. Ryan Stanek was going to be the, well, the starter, but we knew he would only go an inning or two. It ended up being two. And he's been doing this for a while, and it means that his last eight appearances now, all of them starts, have been scoreless. I mean, that's who, who's ever done that before? But the thing is, the average length of one of these starts is an inning and a third. So when they put in their media guide, or on, in their media notes, for example, that he's got more hitless starts in his career than Sandy Koufax, it's true, I guess, but it's a little disingenuous, right? Stanek goes two innings. Another Ryan came on. Ryan Yarbrough went two innings. And then on and on and on. They ended up using six pitchers. Jacob DeGrom, the only pitcher the Mets needed for eight innings. Four hits allowed, one run, one walk, eight strikeouts. He was brilliant again. And you know what else happened again? He got a no decision again. Because this game was tied 1-1 one to -one going into the ninth. Five wins, four losses, an astonishing nine no decisions for Jake. Lowered his ERA to 1.79. And in terms of run support, let, let's pretend the Grand Slam didn't happen. Let's talk about just what happened up until. We were looking at, for run support, one game in Colorado of the last 12 where the Mets scored 12 runs for Jake. That was in Denver. The other 11 games not in Denver, they got 17 for him. So, yeah, one tonight seemed about right. The Mets had their one run in the bottom of the third as Drupal Cabrera singling home Brandon Nimmo, who had reached on an error, charged to Willie Adamas, and probably Willie should have been on the first baseman. Adamas got his revenge on the scorekeeper by hitting a home run off Jake in the fifth inning. Adamas hadn't had an extra base hit on the road all year. I mean, not even a double, but with a swirling wind at City Field, he took one out to right. And it was a 1-1 tie through 5, through 6, through 7, through 8. The Mets had a real nice opportunity in the 8th inning. Bautista reached on an error, stole a base. That surprised everybody. But Cabrera flied out. Conforto, who had a tough game, struck out. Three more strikeouts for Conforto. He's now 4 for his last 31. And Flores bounced out. At that point, the Mets were 2 for 15 with men on base. And it was kind of same old Mets. That was the anthem. And then in the ninth, it looked like the Rays would take the game off Jerez Familia. Familia, remember last time on the city field mound, killed his trade value because he melted down against Pittsburgh, trying to reestablish. Well, he got Jake Bowers to bounce out right away. But then he walked Wilson Ramos, kind of a battle of the guys on the trade block. And Ramos, longtime Met killer with a walk. Joey Wendell then served a single into left. And Daniel Robertson got hit on an 0-2 count, the 0-2 HBP. And you're thinking, not again, because Familia was done in with a lot of 0-2 sloppiness in that Pirates game we just mentioned. Up came Malik Smith, and he bounced one to first base. Wilmer Flores almost duded it. He almost threw it away from first base coming home with it. Devin Mezzarocco made a leap, made a tag, because he didn't know if he was going to come down on the plate or not. The play actually went under review. The Rays thought that their pinch runner the pitcher, Hunter Wood, had gotten in in time, and it was super close, but the Mets maybe got away with one, and it was waved off. It stayed 1-1. One one. Familia then struck out Adamas on a fastball, so it stayed 1-1 one one going to the bottom of the ninth. 
Mets had their bases loaded opportunity eventually after Frazier walked. Mezzarocco, who showed bunt three times, and you're thinking, why? What? Guy, the guy hasn't had a sack bunt since A-ball nine years ago. And sure enough, on the fourth pitch, counted two and one, he floated a single into left. Then it was Rosario. He's supposed to be the bunting guy, and he was a beauty up the third baseline on a fastball in. That got runners to second and third. Dom Smith, 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position so far this year, was called on to pinch hit. First base open, they pitched to him. He bounced right back to the mound. So it stayed second and third. Now two out. The intentional walk to Brandon Nimmo to get to Jose Bautista. And I get it, although Nimmo has been a very cold hitter of late. Bautista's been very good of late. He'd already been on base three times in this particular game. And his on-base percentage as a Met is 429. Chaz Rowe, who uh, made his Major League debut at City Field five Julys ago, found that this was not Josh Satin that he was dealing with. This was not Omar Quintanilla. Those were the guys he got the first time he came in. That is an Arizona Diamondback. First pitch, a walloped grand slam to left field. About 420 feet for Joey Bats. And the 337th home run of his career, that is almost top 100 all time. He's scraping right up against the late Don Baylor at this point. First walk-off for Bautista since 2014. It was the first grand slam by a Met since, remember, Yoena Cespedes used to be on the team? Uh, he hit one back on April 18th. That is how long ago it was. Wonderful win for the Mets in front of 24,000-plus and a swirling wind at City Field. Five runs, six hits, no errors, and Tampa Bay had one, five, and two. Let's hear from Mickey Calloway now, brought to you by our friends at Ridgewood Savings Bank. At Ridgewood, you'll find the same time saving online and mobile tools as the big banks, but with better service, fewer fees, and none of the runaround. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's the Mick. Mickey, I know you guys thought Bautista had something left in the tank when you made that signing, but has he surprised you with just how productive he's been able to be? Yeah, he really has. I mean, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, from what we, we've seen um, as a Met, it's been outstanding. I mean, you know, top-tier production, you know, out of a guy that uh, we got, you know, from Atlanta who let him go. Um, so that's surprising. Now, the guy himself who has the body of a 25-year-old and stays in shape, um, can't ever count those guys out. You know, he's been playing for a long time, had a lot of success. And uh, his ability to take, you know, to take the balls just off the plate um, puts him in a position where now pitchers have to pitch to him. You know, they know I can't fall behind this guy because I have a good chance of walking him, especially in that situation. So, you you know, as a pitcher, you're like, well, i got to get ahead of him and groove the first pitch, and he put the bat on the ball. So much has been made in recent weeks about certain guys not necessarily playing small ball or Rosario not really being comfortable bunting. To see that inning evolve the way it did with Mezzarocco drawing the third baseman in, hitting it past him, and then Rosario having a successful sacrifice punt like that. How how good was that for you to see as a manager? It was great to see because you can do some things. You're not just sitting back and waiting for the homer that we eventually got. Um, but if we weren't doing those things, if Mez hadn't you know, attempted to uh, bunt a few times and got into a hitter's count, and then we take it off, and then he's able to you know, get a good pitch to hit because the pitcher's like, oh, man, i got to throw a strike here. He's just trying to bunt. Um, so even attempting to do that puts him in a better spot to get a hit. And then Rosie getting the guy over, 
um, is, is big and, and it saves you, you know, stays out of the double play and there's a time and place for it. You're not going to live and die by the bunt. You're not going to do it in the, you know, early in the game, throughout the game most of the time. But in situations like tonight, it's going to win you a game from time to time. So you have to be able to do it, even if it's four times a year. Rich in the front. Just getting back to Batista, he combines patience with aggression. And for to have a veteran player on a team like that, do you think that can rub off on some young players on how to combine those two very different things? I, I would think so. You know, I think a guy like Rosie can watch Batista hit and, and learn some things. You know, Batista has been doing it for a long, long time, obviously. And, you know, I remember, you know, trying to develop an advance report to face Jose Bautista when he was going good. And it was not fun because there was that. You know, you just couldn't throw sliders down away and have him chase. You had to make sure that you got ahead, throw a pitch close enough to the zone, uh, and make it more of a, you know, strike to ball pitch to even get him out. Um, I would think that, uh, you know, our young players can take a lot from him. And I know he's willing to offer. You know, he's talking to everybody every day. Um, he's been a great addition for us. Lloyd in the front. Did you feel after the top of the ninth inning with all the drama there that you were owed a win in the bottom of the ninth for having survived that? Yeah, I mean, that was a great job by, uh, you know, our whole team. Great Great job by Mez to get back down. You know, it was that was a tough play because he goes up in the air and he wasn't quite sure where he came down, so he ended up putting the tag on him as well. Um, so, you know, great heads-up play by him. Great job by Familia to grind it out and, you know, get some big outs when we needed it. And uh, that gives you, you know, some confidence coming into the dugout to hit. And uh, next thing you know, you have a few base runners and, bam, big homer. Howie in the front. Mickey, just because of how many chances have been missed with DeGrom on the mound this year when he's been pitching great, I guess how big was it not to let another opportunity when he had a great night slip away? Yeah, I mean, it's big. Um, we need to win games when Jacob DeGrom pitches um, for us to be the team we want to be. Um, you know, if, if, if we had been winning those all along, um, winning a few wheelers when he's been really good, we'd be where we want to be. So winning those games when our starting pitchers pitch really well and pitch deep into the game is going to be crucial to us having success not only the rest of this year, but every year moving forward. Um, those are the games you have to win when you're when you're pitchers are out there pitching deep into games and, and you know putting up you know better than quality starts. Thanks to the skipper and Mickey Calloway outduels his good buddy Kevin Cash in that other dugout. Those guys go way back and I'm sure they'll go out and have a beverage after the game of the uh, Friday night affair. But uh, now it's time to look ahead to the Saturday game, a 4-10 game as part of what's brewing for today. Brought to you by the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. They're making a big time comeback later this year. Back to your neighborhood under new ownership. Get to be a fan like I am of Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. So what's brewing is it's a Jacob DeGrom bobblehead giveaway. First 25,000 fans. It's a 4-10 first pitch. Steven Matz will actually make the start. And he's up against a guy who has a DeGrom-like ERA. Blake Snell, 11 wins already. 2.24 ERA. DeGrom's ERA, by the way, has dropped now down to 179 after what he did on Friday night. But Snell's a guy that's given up two runs or fewer, 15 starts this year that is tied with Max Scherzer for most. This is not an opener. This is a classic grade A ace in Blake Snell. He'll probably give the Rays seven or eight innings. Steven Matz has been very strong of late, 3.46 ERA. And by the way, looking forward, Sunday, 
The Mets are bringing up Chris Flexen to make the start, and that's weird because Noah Syndergaard's got the rehab assignment that day at Brooklyn. 65 or 70 pitches, we're told. So Flexen will pitch a major league game. Syndergaard will pitch a minor league game. And if you're into it, if you can hustle, you can come to the Mets game at 110 Sunday. If you leave at like 330, 340, you might be able to get to MCU Park in Brooklyn by 420 and see Noah have an all-Mets kind of day on Sunday. Monday is a doubleheader with the Phillies in town. Wheeler and Oswald will be the starting pitchers, we're told, for that one. And we'll leave you with this. If you're out of market, as they say, feel like joining the Mets here in Flushing, Hotel Tonight's the app you got to have on your phone. Don't get thrown by that Tonight thing. You can really use it at any point, any time. No long, endless list of a zillion hotel choices. They show you the best deals at the best hotels. And like they say, they only work with places where they would stay as well. Hats off to Joey Bats. He ends up winning the game for the Mets 5-1 with the walk-off Grand Slam. And the Mets start the homestand, a nice long homestand, in a very nice way. That's the podcast. I'm Josh. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.